it is. From deep inside your radio. Happy, happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. And I mean that as sincerely as... You didn't even hear me say it, probably. Happy Fourth of July weekend, everybody. And I mean that with, with the just a, from the deepest well of the thing above my spleen here. Ladies and gentlemen, news of secrets. You may be worried that uh, with the passage of the, uh, the Freedom Act, and what a lovely act that is to celebrate on the Fourth of July weekend, you may be worried that the Freedom Act has uh, deprived the NSA of uh, tools it needs on a weekend where uh, there's a an enhanced threat level. But uh, the NSA and the intelligence community as a whole still have, oh, this is the good news, they still have many other technical and legal tools at their disposal, including, according to Ars Technica, the little understood Executive Order 123 Three three. That document, known in government circles as twelve triple three, and why not, gives incredible leeway to intelligence agencies, sweeping up vast quantities of Americans' data. Two key adjectives there: incredible and vast. The data ranges all uh, all the way from email content to Facebook messages. You still use that? From Skype chats to practically anything that passed over the Internet on an incidental basis. EQ, sorry, EO-12333 protects the tangential collection of Americans' data, even when Americans aren't specifically targeted otherwise, without Executive Order 12333. <laughs> it would be forbidden under the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act of 1978, which was passed to... Um, deal with the intelligence overstepping of a previous generation. Once and for all, as politicians like to say, the four, the, the four words you know when you hear a politician say them, you can never trust are once and for all. Hello, welcome to the show. And happy Fourth of July weekend. We came like babies from a home across the sea to see America and the people opened up their arms to welcome us in America we came like children from a far and distant land to see America Built it down to us in America. And the people who stood and stared while the last moment we had dared in America.
From New Orleans, Louisiana, the um, the bottom of America, of America. I'm Harry Shearer, welcoming you to this uh, this week's edition of the show. I say, and now we've got the ultra modern knack of getting oil from the deepest crack. So give the boys just a bit of slack and say a hearty what. What the frack? Britain's Department for Food, Environment, and Rural Affairs has been forced to publish details of a heavily redacted report on fracking. The report supposedly reveals the full extent of the negative effect of shale gas extraction on local communities. The redacted sections contain information about the expected effects on house prices, damage to landscape, noise, and traffic levels, and water pollution. Kind of all over the, all over the, all over the shop. The internal document called Shale Gas Rural Economy Impacts was originally published last year with multiple sections concealed. The agency has now released the full details following a request under environmental information laws. Well, I blame those. According to the report, house prices in the vicinity of shale gas exploration sites could fall by up to 7%, while rents could increase due to the higher amount of people coming to work on the developments. The study also suggested that properties within a five-mile radius of exploration sites may face additional insurance costs due to the risks of explosion. Did your house explode today? Among the redacted details were considerations of surface water contamination and its possible health effects, as well as consequences for water resource availability, aquatic habitats, ecosystem, and water quality. The reports cited evidence from the United States, that's us, that residents near fracking sites may, quote, experience deafening noise, unquote. Well, let's just call it a festival. As well as light pollution that affects sleeping patterns and noxious odors from venting gases that harm local air quality. 
document stated shale gas developments may transform a previously pristine and quiet natural region, bringing increased industrialization. Like, that's a bad thing. As a result, rural community businesses that rely on clean air, land, water, and or a tranquil environment may suffer losses from this change. Moreover, the report continues, wastewater from fracking operations could place a burden on existing treatment facilities. The study acknowledges that fracking operations are likely to create new jobs, warning, though, that the majority of the highly skilled positions, the good jobs, will go to workers from outside the local area. Like Mexico. No, we're talking about Britain. The study also said while domestic shale gas production could reduce emissions by replacing imports, if that displaced gas was used elsewhere, the uh, combination would push up greenhouse gases globally. The U.K. government is supporting the development of shale gas extraction by fracking. The method has many opponents, as you know, including uh, people who uh, are concerned about the fact that uh, it can, in some cases, as in Oklahoma, trigger earthquakes. The full version of the redacted report was only published after council, city council people in Lancashire rejected two applications from an energy firm to frack for shale gas in the region, until they saw the complete report. That was, that was blackmail. It was frackmail. Thank you. Thank you very much. According to a new national analysis and map of water used in hydraulic fracturing operations in this country, oil and natural gas fracking in the United States is now consuming over 28 times the amount of water it did just 15 years ago. This according to International Business Times. But we don't... We need water for something else? I'm, am I missing something? I, I, I drink... Well, anyway. The maps are part of a study by the U.S. Geological Survey, uh, accepted for publication in a journal of the American Geophysical Union, just days after New York State officially banned fracking. The survey... I guess they're not number one in fracking. The USGS survey found that the amount of water needed to hydraulically fracture oil and gas wells varies widely across the country. As little as two... 1,600 gallons to as much as 9.7 million gallons per well. That's a tough well. That, you know, you might walk away from that well. 9.7 million gallons of water just to get some oil out of it or gas. Hey, we got all the water. Oh, the process also has been found to release large amounts of methane, a greenhouse gas, according to the, uh, the process of fracking, that is. According to the study, horizontally drilled natural gas wells consume more water than their vertical counterparts and oil wells. Now, see, we're supposed to go for gas, not oil. Now this is saying, hmm. The findings of the study are significant in that many of the nation's fracking operations currently occur in places such as Texas, the Rocky Mountains, and the Great Plains, which just happen to be expecting a scarcity of water in the upcoming years. So frack now and don't drink later. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, what the frack? Now, the, um, this is a story that, that uh, is going to require both you and me to pay a little bit of attention. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, it's regarding the exactitude or accuracy of figures used to predict floods in the continental United States. So stick with me. Um, a new study from Washington University in St. Louis is suggesting that federal agencies are under, underestimating 
historic 100-year flood levels. That's a flood that has a, 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 a chance of occurring once every 100 years. On Midwestern rivers, by as much as five feet, a miscalculation that has serious implications for future flood risks, flood insurance, and business development in an expanding floodplain. Guess who's involved in this? Our friends, our Let Us Try friends at the United States Army Corps of Engineers. Robert Chris, a professor of geology in the Department of Earth and Planetary Sciences at the Washington University. What does he know? Says this analysis shows that average high water marks on these river systems are rising about an inch a year. That's a rate 10 times greater than the annual rise in sea levels now occurring due to the climate change. And it's a year. Published this month in a, a journal of Earth Science, the findings are important, Chris says, because many of the nation's flood control river levee systems are not engineered to withstand floods that rise much higher than the projected 100-year flood level. Any flood that rises even a few inches over the top of a 100-year levee has the potential to cause a catastrophic bleach, b- breach of the flood control system, he warns. Based on complicated equations currently used by FEMA and the Army Corps of Engineers, the official 100-year flood level is a key national index of potential flood severity. Levees are commonly designed to withstand floods at 100-year levels, and 100-year flood zones are what you find on flood insurance maps made by FEMA. Chris is a hydrogeologist who studied water flows on major rivers for decades. Again, what does he know? He's long argued that human made river control systems like levees, locks, dams, have gradually increased the odds of catastrophic flooding by tightly constricting river channels, preventing floodwaters from flowing naturally into surrounding wetlands and floodplains. This is the same argument that the Mississippi River Delta, on which I sit at the moment, is uh, sinking partly because the levying of the Mississippi River has prevented the river from depositing, as it has for the last 8,000 years, the sediment that built the delta. Can't build it no more. Global warming and the resulting increase in extreme weather cycles has only added to the flooding risk in recent years, says Chris. In his study, he argues that the statistical formulas now used to set those official levels are grossly inaccurate because they assume conditions are the same as they were many decades ago when the rivers were relatively untamed and global weather patterns were more consistent. In a 2008 study, he showed that flooding patterns along the Mississippi River near Hannibal, Missouri, were already in an extreme range far beyond what would be expected using the official federal flood risk calculations. Since that study was published, floods at Hannibal have exceeded the 10-year flood levels three years in a row. And in 2013 and 14, the area experienced stages that were officially designated as 50-year floods. Such outcomes, he says, are far too unlikely to be attributed to nearly continuous succession of statistical flukes and must be attributed instead to faulty calculation of flood risk. Gee, we, um, we, we're not coming upon the 10th anniversary of an event here that uh, had anything to do with that, with the faulty calculation of elevations of levees and uh, the faulty assumptions about what a 100-year flood might be? No. But let us try to continue. Let us try, ladies and gentlemen, the, uh, the motto of the United States Army Corps of Engineers. And now, for your listening pleasure, I'm going to read the trades for you. 
because that's the kind of guy I am. Hi, I'm Guy I Am. Welcome to the show. From current trade publication covering public broadcasting. Uh-oh. I'll read it for you. Don't worry about it. Just keep giving. A new study by Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting finds that the boards of NPR and eight large city public radio stations are made up mostly of men, as well as white people and people with corporate connections. The study examined the boards of NPR and eight of its most listened to member stations, on some of which you're hearing this program now, so I'm not going to name them. I won't name the ones I'm not on. How about that? KQED in San Francisco, WBUR in Boston, and WAM. Oh, no, I am. I'm on their HD channel. I'll be nice. Quote, board members were coded by occupation, ethnicity, and gender. Said a post on the Fairness and Accuracy in Reporting website. Of the 259 members on the boards, 72% are non-Latino whites, 12% African American, 9% Asian American, and 5% Latino. One board member is of Middle Eastern descent. Six members' ethnicities were unidentifiable. 66% of board members are male. 34% are female. According to the website, one board member's gender was unidentifiable, unquote. The study also found that the boards lack occupational diversity. 75% of the board members have corporate affiliations, although the study did not define what that means. I have corporate affiliations. Sometimes. But you know, board members, they don't make important decisions, do they? rhetorical question tossed into the wind as I read the trades for you. Copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Well, you know, uh, Dylan Roof, uh, the shooter in Charleston, will be uh, facing a trial, one presumes, soon, on the uh, shooting deaths of those nine members of the uh, church in Charleston. Uh, as I say, he, he uh, almost definitely faces prosecution for those shootings. But, um, you know, he committed another act, and we have proof because he videoed himself doing it. He burned an American flag. And here's what we should do about that. 
was raised a decent way to swell my heart with pride. Each and every time I saw glory passing by. Raised to think that America was the land you love to love. That the stars stood for heaven, the stripes stood for faith. And that old flag's what God meant man to fly. But somewhere from a spaceship, maybe, comes another breed. Yeah, these folks are so nutty that it's crazy glue they bleed. And they burn the beloved symbol of our nation's liberty. But the stars still stand for heaven, the stripes still stand for faith. And a killing's what those people really need. So let the flag burners fry on the 4th of July. We'll declare them independent of their skins. We'll bake us up some taters and we'll roast some desecrators. Let them fry on the 4th of July. 4th of July. Now a flag is just a little more fabric and some thread it's blue came from the heavens from the blood of patriots came the red and the white <laughs> the white came from the only race that's voted since the start but the stars still stand for heaven the stripes still stand for faith you put those dreams of burning it to bed now some people talk of freedom but let me tell you friends your freedom doesn't start until the time when my nose ends. And a lot of people die, so I could sing this little song. But the stars still stand for heaven, the stripes still stand for faith. The flag that's burnt ashes never mends. So let the flag burners fry on the 4th of July. We'll make them part of the fireworks display. We'll shoot off Roman candles and electrocute the vandals. Let them fry on the 4th of July. One more time, everybody. Oh, let the flag burners fry on the 4th of July. You know, Miss Betsy Ross would have wanted it this way. If they don't like it here, they can leave it all behind. Let them fry on the 4th of July. 4th of July. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news of our friend the Adam. Clean, safe, too cheap to meet. Safe, cheap, too cheap to meet. Clean, safe, too safe to meet. Safe, safe, too safe to meet. Addy, the Adam, it's been a while. Yeah, I know. Uh, did you have a, a happy Fourth of July? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you do? Lit up one of my neutrinos. Lit up one of your neutrinos. Is that... Just smells. Mm. Deadline Paris, the amount of nuclear waste stored in France will triple once all its nuclear installations have been decommissioned. That's good news, right? The decommissioning? The tripling. That will boost the need for storage facilities, according to the French Nuclear Waste Agency. They have one of those? Yeah. Don't we? I don't know. I just lit my neutrino.
The, in a report released this week, the agency estimated that final nuclear waste volumes will eventually reach 4.3 million cubic meters. Don't look, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Up from 1.46 million at the end of 2013. And it will be an estimated 2.5 million in 2030. That's based on an average lifespan of 50 years for the 58 nuclear reactors, and uh, including a new one that they're constructing. Most of that waste will only be slightly highly ra- radioactive. Like your watch dial. I, like the old watch dials. The uh, agency publishes a nuclear waste inventory every three years. Uh, because of the bulk, though, this low-level waste requires increasing amounts of space. Don't look at me. I'm not looking at you. I just was bulk and, you know. We want to warn that storage centers are filling up and that we need to optimize waste management because storage facilities are a rare resource, said the agency. But volumes of highly radioactive long-life waste, representing just 0.2% of the volume, but 98% of the radioactivity, will rise from 3,200 cubic meters at the end of 2013 to about 10,000 cubic meters when all the nuclear plants reach their end of life. Unless it's extended, like they do here. Mm Mm-hmm. That would help. The waste is is scheduled to be buried in a controversial deep storage site in eastern France, which has a test facility, but has not yet received any nuclear waste. It'll be clean. It'll be ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Tanned. The um, technical dossier on that storage facility will be presented to the government and the nuclear regulator this year. The plan is to bury nuclear waste 500 meters underground in thick layers of argillite. It's a kind of rock. It's my favorite kind of rock. I collect them. Which they uh, say will provide mo- prevent most radioactive particles from traveling more than a few meters over hundreds of thousands of years. We certainly hope so. The uh, facility will cost 30, well about $50 billion dollars. It faces resistance from environmental groups and local residents. The, they hope to start building in 2017 and open it for its first testing in 2025. So um, most of us now listening won't be around when they put the waste in the repository. Unless there's a cure for that. Mm-hmm. A giant concrete dam, a dome, sorry, that rises from a tangle of green vines just, just short of the lapping waves of the Pacific is a... Uh, built in 1979. It's known as the Runit Dome. Below the concrete cap rests the United States Cold War legacy in a remote corner of the Pacific. 111,000 cubic yards of radioactive debris left behind after 12 years of nuclear tests. Sections of the concrete have started to crack away. Radioactive waste has already started to leach out of the crater. According to a report a couple years ago by the Department of Energy, Soil around the dome is already more contaminated than its contents. It's the sharing economy. Mm -hmm. Now local scientists and environmental activists fear that a storm surge, typhoon, or other cataclysmic event brought on by climate change could tear the concrete dome wide open, releasing its contents into the Pacific Ocean. It's a very large ocean. Mm -hmm. Runit Dome represents a tragic confluence of nuclear testing and climate change says the director of the Sabin Center for Climate Change Law at Columbia University, who visited the Dome in 2010 and has been glowing green ever since. No, he hasn't. You didn't want to say that, and you did. It resulted from U.S. nuclear testing and the leaving behind of large quantities of plutonium, he said. Now it has been gradually submerged as a result of sea level rise. 
from greenhouse gas emissions by industrial countries led by the United States. Let's blame America first, is it? Yes, it is. In a, week, in a Week Talk Atoll and Bikini Atoll were the main sites of the Pacific Proving Grounds, the setting for dozens of U.S. atomic explosions during the early years of the Cold War, when it got hot. Very hot. The remote islands, halfway between Australia and Hawaii, were deemed sufficiently distant from major population centers and shipping lanes. The local population of fishermen and subsistence farmers were evacuated to another atoll in 1948. Sixty-seven nuclear and atmospheric bombs were detonated on the two atolls. That would be the atoll? Ooh. Light another neutrino, will you? Between 1946 and 1958, an explosive yield equivalent to one and a half Hiroshima bombs detonated every day over the course of 12 years. You get used to it. The the detonations blanketed the islands with irradiated debris, including plutonium-239, it's an isotope used in nuclear warheads. I'm surprised the Iranians aren't there. I am, too. And plutonium-239 has a half-life of 24,000 years. When the testing came to an end, the U.S. Nuclear Defense Agency carried out an eight-year cleanup. Congress refused to fund a comprehensive decontamination program to make the place fit for human habitation. Deep open, deep ocean dumping was the preferred option for the uh, Defense Nuclear Agency. But that's prohibited by treaties. And there was little appetite for transporting the refuse back to the United States. Not in my country backyard. Mm -hmm. In the end, U.S. servicemen simply scraped off the island's contaminated topsoil, mixed it with radioactive debris, and then dumped all that in an unlined 350-foot crater on the north tip of Runit Island, sealed under 358 concrete panels. The dome was never meant to last. Nothing is. According to the World Health Organization, the plan was designed as temporary, a way to store contaminated material, until a permanent decontamination plan was devised. Only three of the atoll's 40 islands were cleaned up. In 1980, as the Americans prepared their departure, the people of Inuitok were allowed to return to the atoll after 33 years. The Marshall Islands then signed a compact of free association with the United States. The deal settled all claims past, present, and future related to the U.S. nuclear testing program and left the dome under the responsibility of the Marshall Islands government. The U.S. government insists it has honored all its obligations and that the jurisdiction for the dome and its toxic content lies with this island country with a population of 53,000 people and a GDP of $190 million a year. There's the gratitude for you. Hmm. Nuclear inspectors have recorded a significant increase in radiation in the Chernobyl exclusion zone after wildfires tore through forests near the devastated nuclear power station. I blame the wildfires. Radiation recordings in the Poleskoye settlement, abandoned after the the thing they had there, show air contaminated with ten times the normal levels of deadly cesium-137. It's one of the most dangerous elements released in a nuclear explosion. It can cause leukemia. The agency said the radiation so far released in the fire posed no danger yet. Stay tuned. In other words, the data available from the existing systems monitoring the radiation situation in the exclusion zone indicate the changes in the... Oh, please. A former health and radiation advisor at the World Health Organization said that cesium-137 would only be a serious danger if the wind direction changed to blow the chemical in the direction of the closest population centers. That never happens. Ukrainian capital Kiev lies only 82 miles downwind of the current blaze. Minsk, capital of Belarus, 
213 miles northwest. Do we have a don't blow wind machine yet? I, I thought they were working on that. The Army Corps of Engineers has found radiological contamination at three sites along Coldwater Creek in Missouri, including two municipal parks and property owned by the St. Louis Archdiocese. Like they don't have enough trouble. Like they don't. And the president of the country, the company that designs and sells the giant concrete and steel casks that will store Vermont Yankee nuclear plants waste for the foreseeable future, told a panel this week that his invention will last for 300 years. Drop at the bucket. Not even... No bucket. He says his casks have uh, cold weather and can even be flooded. They're made of two-inch-thick stainless steel, cold weather protection, and a special high-density concrete can withstand high-impact attack, high temperatures, and even an F-16 loaded with jet fuel crashing into them. They can withstand bullets and missiles, he said. This is a company called Holtec International, talking to the Nuclear Decommissioning Advisory Panel in Vermont. And he said the radiation emitted by the casks Holding the high-level fuel is only 20% of the radiation standard set by the federal government. He said his design doesn't have any welds, which are more prone to leaks. He said uh, he makes the best and safest casks in the world, met by, with some friendly skepticism by anti-nuclear activists, who nevertheless support the transfer of the waste into the casks and out of the spent fuel pool. He was asked how he could possibly know the canister would last for 300 years when the longest it's been in use is 15 years. Didn't have a reply, which is quoted in the news story. He's thinking. He's waiting 300 years to answer the question. Yep, uh, that would be that would be good good plan. Clean, cheap, safe. Too long to meter. Our friend, the atom. Just above sea level in the summer of '72.
From New Orleans, this is Le Show. And, uh, yes, I, I am going to regret this, but uh, he's he's running for president now, really, apparently so. So uh, one has to utter the name of Donald Trump. Yeah. Hurts me. Um, there are um, interesting cross-currents, though. He, uh, apparently, according to Golf.com, he might not be as rich as he says he is, you know, one of the things that he uh, develops, aside from himself, is golf courses. He uh, released a summary of his net worth. Summary, I say, that valued his assets, including his 17 golf properties, at nearly $9 billion. Forbes, however, begs to differ. The magazine has been tracking tra- Trump's finances since 1982. Its experts claim he is exaggerating his net worth by more than 100%. Estimates his value to be a mere $4.1 billion. His golf courses and resorts account for much of the discrepancy. He claims his portfolio of golf courses are worth about $1.86 billion. Forbes says that figure is overstated by a billion dollars. The uh, comments Donald Trump made uh, as he announced his campaign for the presidency have, uh, of course, had ripple effects ever since. NBC canceled uh, as uh, Univision first, and then NBC canceled the Miss USA their coverage of the Miss USA and Miss Universe pageants. And um, this week, Macy's announced that it is um, no longer carrying the Donald Trump signature line of men's clothing. Yeah, who knew? Um, but given the fact that during his announcement speech, he talked about the need to uh, get tough with China. Crack down on China. Get some of those jobs back into the United States. I um, I took the opportunity to visit Amazon's Donald Trump signature store. It's a virtual store. It's a virtual signature. It's a virtual man. And um, guess where all the suits are made that he's selling? Yeah, China. Shirts in Bangladesh. There's a, there's a picture floating around the Internet. Uh, which one can't yet verify, that shows a uh, a label of one of the, one of his suit jackets, claiming it's made in Mexico. Mexico is, of course, the country that uh, was the target of his most 
controversial comments that uh, resulted in Univision leading the pack to uh, disassociate itself from him. Um, But perhaps the most interesting... Oh, and here he is this week uh, in the welter of all the interviews he's done, supposedly to try to clean up the verbal and rhetorical mess, talking to uh, Fox's Bill O'Reilly about African-American men. The African-American kids are in worse shape now than they've ever been, and we have a black president. This was not supposed to happen. I'm sure he cares about it, but he certainly did a poor job, because if you're an African-American youth right now, you're in worse shape than you practically ever were in the history of this country. Somebody should tell him about slavery. Might be an interesting... Is that the country he wants to take back, by the way? The best... They practically, that's his weasel out there because, oh, you mean except for the slavery thing, right. But the most intriguing news item to me in the week of uh, news about this guy was a a, a sort of by-the-way little line in a story in the Washington Post which uh, mentioned that he was meeting with his advisors in his presidential, he has advisors in his presidential campaign. So, you know, we think that this is this is Donald Trump just kind of popping off as he will. Maybe not. From Radio's Theater of Dichotomous Possibilities, Alternative Scenario Playhouse, this time, Donald Trump consults with his advisors. But see, being a businessman and an extremely successful businessman is my brand. I should be, you know, I should be talking about the economy, outlining my secret plan for jumpstarting the American economic colossus. Well, in fairness, Donald, you're not an extremely successful. No, no, but, no, but that's my brand. Mm. That's the biggest thing I've ever built. And it, it, it's huge. It, it's bigger than Coke. Well, we've done some focus grouping on that, mm. and in fact, Apple is bigger than Coke. You're tied with AutoZone. But more, <laughs> but more to the point, Don, mm. let's just walk you through some of the slides, if we can. You know, I have a six-point program that to absolutely save the economy. Let me, let me walk you through that. Well, One, a new federal program that would incentivize the creation of America's main export. Powerful brands. Mm. I don't know if you understand this. But any Mexican can make things, but only this amazing country can sir, create... Sir, you've hmm? just hit on what we what we were going to recommend. More patriotism? I, I got that no, coming out no, of... No, no, sir. Let, let Jordan run with it for a moment. Uh, a minute ago, he was walking me through it. Now he's running. <laughs> well, that's how you build momentum. Well, Look, DT, I yeah. know you think your brand is extremely successful businessman. But these surveys, uh, taken over a period of time since you last thought about running for president, showed that a majority of all Americans consistently identify your brand as says what he thinks. That's it? Way ahead of extremely successful businessmen, even ahead of moderately successful businessmen. Jesus. Hmm. Well, in fairness, you don't pay us to tell you what you want to hear. Uh, right now I'm not so sure. But go ahead before you start sprinting. So starting with your announcement speech, you have to go all in on say what you think. Policy is for the people you'll hire. And fire. That's part of the brand. Oh, absolutely. On the sixth slide, about two months in, you fire us. It's all there. Okay. 
So I say what I think mm -hmm. about what? Second slide. Huh? What gets more media attention? Saying politically correct things that you think or saying politically incorrect things that you think? Hey, listen, you're the media experts, but huh? off the... Uh, well, obviously not off the top of my head. That's busy with other things. But I, <laughs> just off the top, mm -hmm. it's obvious that politically incorrect uh, stuff gets the oxygen. Well, yes. You're reading the slide. But I did know that. But look, I, I still have to go back to square one. No, not, no, no. Not, not slide one. Leave it. But isn't the point here to prove that I'm ready from day one to assert the most tremendous gravitas the 21st century has ever witnessed? The point is to get the bump in the polls to make the media take you seriously. Huh. Well, at least as seriously as they're taking that uh, longtime bachelor from South Carolina. <laughs> Graham Lindsay? Lindsay Graham. Works either way. Well, so, okay, I bump the polls. I say what I think about the uh, politically incorrect things. Hey, I own Miss Universe. Isn't that enough? Uh, what you said about Mexicans before? Yeah, what about it? Do you really believe that any Mexican can make things? Is it possible you think... Some Mexicans might not even be able to do that. And if not, mm. what kind of disreputable characters could they be? Mm -hmm. You see what we're doing here? Yeah. Yeah, you're wasting my consulting fees. Oh, yeah. You just want me to get up and talk trash about Mexicans? I don't, I don't even know any Mexicans. Well, I own a beauty pageant, not mm. a baseball team. Mm -hmm. well, and not just any beauty pageant, but the single most successful... Oh, we know that, sir. And believe me, it's an honor to be in a position to... Just offer strategic advice. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's an honor to take my money. Go ahead. <laughs> what happens if you do happen to say something at your announcement address that uh, insults a large swath of the Hispanic community? They stop watching The Apprentice. I'm sure half of them don't even understand The Apprentice. It's in English. That's what we're talking about. And, and then what do your partners at uh, NBC and, and Macy's do? Oh, I'm sure NBC would fold like a cheap suit. And uh, Macy's would stop selling my cheap suits. Well, that's two or three complete news cycles mm -hmm. owned by you. Mm -hmm. Any more? I think Miss Universe is uh, Miss Columbia from somewhere down in Mexico way. She tweets something about you? That's another cycle. Oh, don't kid yourself. Miss Universe is no Miss America. I tried to buy that, but they... You think an economic policy platform... No, 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 not a policy. The best policy in the whole world. The experts all agree. Is going to own three four, five days of the news cycle. I suppose. But uh, look, guys, I'm running for the presidency of the United States. I can't afford to look like a complete idiot. All due respect, sir. Yeah. What the numbers tell us is basically that you can't afford not to. And after the Mexicans? Well, based on the things you've said to us in earlier strategy sessions, we have a menu of Follow-up possibilities. Mm -hmm. Lots of good stuff about the Jews. Next time, another visit to the radio stage where the hypothetical rules. Alternative scenario playhouse. Year after year, though every dream of a pony would end in tears, the cake was lit and as you blew the candles out, your heart refilled And every year Your dream was killed It may take an ocean of whiskey And time to wash all of the let down Out of your mind And this may not be the thing you requested But I am the answer to all your prayers All this time Interested agents have been eavesdropping
it rained It may take an ocean of whiskey and time To wash all of the let down out of your mind Just yet You'll be remembered For your persistence And this is the thanks you get You wanted tall I came in under 5'4 Then you asked for dark I tend to sunburn a lot As for handsome, well Can't help you there So make of it What you will It may take an Whiskey and time to wash all of the let down out of your mind And I may not be the one you expected But I am the answer to all your prayers All this time Interested agents have been eavesdropping Now, ladies and gentlemen, the apologies of the week. We're so sorry. Google has apologized after its new photo app labeled two black people as, quote, gorillas. The photo, unquote, the photo service launched um, in May automatically tags uploaded pictures using its own artificial intelligence software. Google Pictures, y'all effed up. My friend's not a gorilla, said one tweet after a photo of the tweeter and a friend was mislabeled as such by the app. Shortly after, he was contacted by Yonatan Zunger, the chief architect of social at Google. Quote, big thanks for helping us fix this. It makes a real difference, Zunger tweeted. He said problems in image recognition can be caused by obscured faces and different contrast processing needed for different skin tones and lighting. We used to have a problem with people of all races being tagged as dogs for similar reasons, he said. Lots of work being done and lots still to be done, but we're very much on it, unquote. Racist tags have also been a problem in Google Maps. We're appalled and genuinely sorry this happened, a Google spokeswoman told the BBC. We are taking immediate action to prevent this type of result from appearing. There is still clearly a lot of work to do with automatic image labeling, and we're looking at how we can prevent these types of mistakes from happening in the future. And and we'll fix the past, too. No, they didn't say George Takei apologized Friday for referring to Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas as a, quote, clown in blackface, unquote. The Star Trek star ripped into Thomas following the jurist's dissenting vote against gay marriage. Takei said he was particularly irate about Thomas, suggesting the government cannot take away human dignity through slavery or through internment. Takei was forced to live in an internment camp as a child, said he went too far by using the word blackface. 
I do not believe, uh, uh, my choice of words was regrettable, not because I do not believe Justice Thomas is deeply wrong, but because they were ad hominem and uncivil. And for that, I am sorry, said Takei. More Google apologies. A Google subsidiary has apologized in Berlin for making Nazi concentration camps part of a mobile role-playing game. That sounds like fun. Niantic Lab says players of Ingress can propose historic locations and monuments for inclusion in the game, in which two factions use smartphones to battle for control. The German Weekly reported Thursday that some of the sites, known as portals, were located within concentration camps such as Dachau and Sachsenhausen. The director of the memorial site at Dachau told the German news agency that Google's actions were a humiliation for victims and relatives at the camps. Niantic Labs founder John Hankey said the company has begun removing the offending sites from the game. We apologize, he says, that this has happened. Jim Carrey has issued an apology after posting a series of tweets expressing outrage over the California governor's decision requiring all children going to school to get vaccinated. One of his tweets included a photo of a child with autism having a breakdown, implying that vaccines had caused his disability. The image was of a child and Carrey, a 14-year-old child. Carrey had no permission to use his photo. The teen's aunt took to Instagram to share how upset she was. I'm very disgusted and sickened. He had these conditions before he was ever vaccinated, she said. Carrie removed the photo, says, I'd like to apologize to the family and others for posting a pic of their kids without permission. I didn't mean to cause them distress. He apologized, but he did not remove his tweets regarding his distaste for requiring vaccinations. And a... Uh, the Department of Public Safety in Austin, Texas, sent notices to people living in a neighborhood several weeks ago that a high-risk sex offender moved into a home along Thanos Way. The notice had the man's street number wrong and should have listed a different home around the corner. The woman who lived at the initial address says the damage is done. A DPS spokesperson said they did have the right address for the offender, and online the information is correct. However, the vendor they work with, SmartMail, got it wrong. That's right. Smart rail, smart mail, got it wrong. The department has apologized. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Copyrighted feature of this broadcast. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude this week's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time over these same stations, over NPR worldwide throughout Europe, the USN 440 cable system in Japan, around the world through the facilities of the American Forces Network, up and down the east coast of North America via the shortwave giant WBCQ The Planet. On the Mighty 104 in Berlin, available for your smartphone through Stitcher.com, available as a free podcast oh, uh, around the world via the Internet at two different locations, live and archive whenever you want at harryshare.com and kcsn.org, available as a free podcast from iTunes, SoundCloud, Sideshow Network, 
and TuneIn.com. And it'd be just like having safe and sane fireworks if you'd agree to join with me then. Will you? Alrighty, thank you very much. Uh-huh. A tip of the show chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, in exile in Hawaii desks. Thanks as always to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this broadcast. A playlist of the music heard here on. And your opportunity to own your own Cars I Talk t-shirt. All available at harryshearer.com. And me, I'm the Harry Shearer on the Twitter. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. Have the the rest of your weekend. Let that be great. Would it be making a nice thing? (laughs) 